0: Thank you for tuning in to School Mental Health: Beacons of Hope, where we gather diverse perspectives on creating inclusive school communities to support students. This podcast is brought to you by Erica's Lighthouse and hosted by me, Brandon Combs, Executive Director. My guest today is Kirsten Perry. Kirsten is an SEL specialist for the Chicago Public Schools, serving 29 schools in the Inglewood and Auburn-Gresham neighborhoods. Kirsten also serves as the president for the Illinois School Counselors Association. Kirsten was named the National School Counselor of the Year by the American School Counselors Association in 2018 for her work at Lawndale Community Academy. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate the opportunity to chat.
1: Thank you for having me, Brandon.
0: So I know that you are, um, by training, as well as kind of by your professional affiliations, a school counselor. Um, can you give me a, just kind of a brief intro into what you um, believe that means and kind of what your vision is for school counseling?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, so I was a school counselor in Chicago Public Schools for seven years. I then worked as a school counseling specialist for the Chicago Public Schools District for two years, and now I'm serving as the president of the Illinois Counseling Association. So school counseling is definitely um, near and dear to me. Um, so I kind of have to think of this. Um, from two different lenses. Um, One is from my current role um, in Chicago Public Schools and also through the lens of being the president of the state association about my vision for school counseling. Um, I think that um, there's actually a lot of, there's a lot of need for professional development um, with school counseling in particular. It's a very misunderstood profession. Um, and that's one thing that I see um, in many schools um, in Chicago, as well as throughout the state, um, that there's a need to really truly understand the role for of a school counselor. So one thing that I am working on with my schools in Chicago public schools, so I support um, 29 schools with social and emotional learning, um, is that I'm working to help to um, uh, address that need by educating, both administrators and school counselors about the role of a school counselor, which has shifted over the years. Um, And so one way we're doing that is we're actually starting a book study. Um, We're gonna be reading, um, it's a new book that was published by the American School Counseling Association called Making MTSS Work. Um, So I guess you could say my vision is for school counselors to really work within the American School Counseling Association model as well as the MTSS model um, to support students. Um, so, you know, I guess that's kind of twofold, um, something I'm interested in developing in my schools here in Chicago, but also at the state level. Um, and my vision for school counseling at the state level is same, um, educating and promoting the profession of school counseling, um, but also filling in some, some of the equity gaps across the state. Um, uh, the American School Counseling Association recommends that there's one school counselor to over 250 students in schools, and that's not something that we see throughout the state. Um, Sometimes you'll see one school counselor supporting over a thousand students. So You think about, I know we're here to talk about mental health today, but you think about how can one individual support over a thousand students? So one thing that we really want to do is promote the profession and the ratios. Um, so that we can increase more access to school counselors. And one thing that we see is that in more affluent communities, um, students have more access to school counselors and there's lower ratios, whereas in communities where there's a lower socioeconomic status, there's not as much access. Um, and so it is also an equity issue too. If We're really going to really push Um, supporting the mental health needs of students as well as their academic and post-secondary success. So that is a long-winded answer, but that is my vision for school counseling.
0: Yeah, and we definitely see that equity challenge within school social workers mm-hmm. um, and other mental health staff within school buildings that are really key from the standpoint of supporting students. And from the perspective of the Erica Sidehouse program, the whole piece about you know identifying trusted adults and knowing where kids can go to, and certainly when you're having a ratio of one to a thousand, um, you're not going to be getting that message out that you know that school counselor is a trusted adult, or you know I hate to sound crude. Um, but even that piece of, does that school counselor working with a thousand students really have the capacity and bandwidth to be helping students the way that they need to be supported? Yes. So one of the things you did hit on, and we have seen this a lot, and I would love to kind of get your take on it. It has been this transition over the years from more of like a traditional kind of guidance counselor, if you will, in this role into one of a school counselor of the ASCA model. Um, that you entered one that's doing more kind of engagement within SEL student school mental health can you share, share a little bit deeper insight and thoughts into that
1: yeah um, yeah so if anyone who's in the school counseling world has or, or maybe you've seen counselors wear them but there's a, a popular t-shirt that has it says guidance counselor on it with a big cross crossing it out and so the proper name is a school counselor so uh, we usually uh, you know kind of shun you know calling a school counselor a guidance counselor and that is because it refers to the old school counseling model so um school the american school counseling has developed a a new model and a new approach to school school counseling so that's what it's really referring to is the shift um so the old model was referring um to the guidance counselor model which was more reactive services um, providing services to small groups of students um, working more in isolation whereas the school counseling model um, is more of a preventative model so um, where the school counselor is in the front of the work um, all students know who the school counselor is in the building all staff interact with the school counselor in the building and it's really working I like to often just use MTSS model for, you know, understanding because I think most administrators and other school staff understand what the multi-tiered systems of support model is, but it's more like working in that model. So how is a school counselor supporting all students in the building by providing preventative um, interventions and then also providing uh, tier two and tier three um, interventions, which would be small group or more individualized approaches. I think another thing to point out too that often gets misunderstood is that school counselors are not therapists. Though we've taken coursework to, provide, to understand the therapeutic approaches, um, we provide more short-term services. And I almost like to think of it more as um, psychoeducational services. So we're teaching skills to students, but they're usually more short-term. So when we see that a student is in great need of mental health, um, long-term therapy um, supports, we usually refer out or work with a community-based organization um, or another professional in the school that could provide those long-term services for students.
0: Okay, great. One of the things we certainly run into, though, when we're working with schools are some schools that might still be utilizing more of that kind of guidance counselor or approach And so they really don't have resources for any kind of even referral system within kind of that mm-hmm. mental health space. So uh, do you have any kind of guidance or suggestion for community agencies like Erica's Lighthouse that may run into that with some of the schools that we work with and how can we leverage the expertise that might still be in the school system to be sure that the kids are getting that networked and referral system?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting because that's very much so what I do in Chicago Public Schools. So. Um, I I serve as a social and emotional specialist. So I I work with every single person in the school building to support social emotional learning of students as well as community organizations. Um, And I think what's really most critical um, is making sure that schools have teams um, in the building that specifically focus on social emotional learning and mental health, and having organizations like Erica's Lighthouse who are partnering with schools um, to support those teams also to, you know, provide professional development um, for, for staff, Um, because that's one thing that I really um, feel passionately about is that, you know, social emotional learning and mental health should not be siloed in schools, it should be, um, you know, you know, it should permeate throughout the entire school building. Um, And so that is what, what my thought is, is, you know, engaging with school teams um, and you know working with school counselors in that way and even because i know you all provide also classroom supports and even you know partnering with the school and partnering with school counselors to you know get into classrooms to educate students and even parents about um about the work that you're doing and how to support students um, who are struggling with depression um and you know get into the building to spread the word
0: great um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see facing school counselors in relation to mental health so you certainly talked you know you're not necessarily a mental health professional i'm with you right there on Kirsten so i can share in that um, sentiment and concern at times but kind of what are the challenges that that you see school counselors facing particularly in this really challenging environment that we're in right now
1: yeah yeah that's one thing that i would start with saying right now that you know it was challenging before um, but i before the pandemic um, but i I definitely feel that over this past year, um, the mental health needs of students and family and also staff members has significantly um, increased. And so, um, you know, I would say that is, I think that is a great um, need right now. Um, And uh, I would say that's probably one of the most difficult um, things for school counselors right now is how to navigate that and support students. And even how I mentioned before, ratios you know sometimes you're the one that's looked to in the school building for um, mental health and social emotional support um, but you're one person with sometimes even a thousand students and a large staff um, to support and so i think that's probably one of the biggest challenges is just the ability to provide the level of support that's needed right now Um, and then you know like i said too it's not just students it's also staff and in some cases it's even ourselves um, right now, so how are we um, able to provide those um, supports? Um, so I think that that's definitely, um, you know, something that's that's really, uh, you know, uh, needed and something that, um, you know, needs attention. And then I think, um, and I also kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think another struggle for school counselors um, supporting mental health is that, um, like I said earlier, it's often siloed. Um, So you might see when you go into schools that, you know, anything that has to do with social emotional learning is put off to the school counselor, the social worker or the psychologist, Um, but really social emotional learning can be owned by every single person in the school building. Um, I'm actually also a youth mental health first aid trainer. And that's one thing that we do, like anyone can can learn to identify the signs of, of a mental health need. Um, to have really a good referral system in schools. And so that goes back to, you know, also, you know, how are we training whole staff members to know and understand how to support social emotional learning and not just school counselors. And I think that that is a struggle too in many schools that it it gets siloed when really everyone can engage in this work um, and creating, you know, strong systems and practices to support students.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that, you know, one piece that we're really, we believe deeply and we value deeply with Erica's Lighthouse is this kind of multidisciplinary approach, particularly to our classroom programming. You know, we don't want to be an ad hoc program within a health education classroom. We do want schools to be leveraging their curriculum within school counseling, within school social work, within the health education classroom, bringing in other educators that can help be that trusted adult. Um, if a student, you know, we've had it, it instances where the trusted adult's a math teacher, um, and that math teacher is then the one that's tasked, you know, to take the student down to a school counselor or a school social worker to be sure that they're connected to the services and resources they need. But what can we do to be fostering more of that collaboration between specifically school counselors and health educators? I think one piece I would add on to this, as you would kind of hit it on it as well, as um, being a school counselor can feel very siloing in some ways. You know, you're given all of these these responsibilities within the SEL world. But I think what we're really seeing in the health education space in particular is a much broader view that health educators are social emotional learning people, particularly as we start talking about this skills-based health education concept and developing these skills and ensuring that they're leaving the classroom with, with what they need to be successful, you know, capable adults. As they move in the future. So, what could we be doing to help collaborate that more and foster more of that kind of communication and engagement?
1: Um, Yeah, so I I really feel like, um, you know, I mean, you all are doing a lot of this, um, you know, really making sure to get uh, the word out um, and educating um, different stakeholders and school communities about the work and the programs and the resources. Um, I think uh, one thing with school counselors in particular is maybe helping them to understand how it fits into their model and their programming, which it very easily does. Um, so I, like I said, I always think in like the tier, the multi-tiered approach, um, but you know, really how can the classroom lessons support a school counseling program um, at the tier one level? So how are we providing classroom instruction? How can we co-facilitate um, classroom lessons um, for students. Um, also, you know, how, how can we uh, provide training for staff members um, on identifying signs um, for students and, and parents? Um, and then I, you know, think of that smaller group and, you know, the teen programming and, you know, how can we even use uh, the curriculum in a smaller group? I think sometimes even those big classroom cu- curriculums could, you could, absolutely still use them in a smaller group setting with a targeted group of students Um, and then also you know just the number of resources that you all have available on to support the individual needs of students i think as far as school counseling goes i think it's it's definitely you know helping school counselors see how it very easily fits into the framework of, of school counseling and also what's really big in school counseling too is collaboration so how are we collaborating with community organizations to support the needs of our students. And that, you know, very easily fits into our model.
0: Yeah. And one of the things we've seen occasionally as well, which I think is fascinating, and I get, you know, even in the outside workforce, you know, not in that education setting, we there is that hesitancy of like, oh, I don't want to ask that person to help me with this. Is are, Am I putting more work on them that they have to do? Is it easier for me just to do it ourselves? Um, And I think that's something we're struggling to at times overcome as well and getting people to open up and say, hey, you know what? This is Everybody can join this party um, Mm -hmm. and really help out one another. And it's an easier process if we are doing that cross-collaboration versus just school counseling implementing it or just health education implementing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think um, collaboration and co-facilitation and sharing the work is important.
0: Yeah, great. So one of the things that we are also always striving to do, whether we're talking to social workers or health educators, is figuring out how we as Erica's Lighthouse, as well as a general community organization, can be better supporting school counselors in our work. Um, And I would love to see if you have any insights about, you know, are there other resources? Are there other opportunities for us to be having more engaging conversations with school counselors about the work that we do or making it easier to implement within school communities?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I I mean, I feel like you all are doing a great job. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you all, um, I've worked with you all so much already, just even in the last year, um, you know, providing professional development for school counselors, both at the state association. Um, I know you all have provided a webinar for the state um, and also um, we're at our state conference. And then in Chicago, you've provided professional development at some of our workshops and and for um, you know smaller groups of school counselors, I think you know first and foremost. I mean, you know, thank you all for you know doing that and providing resources uh, for school counselors. I think that um, you know really it starts there, just making sure that schools understand that the resources are there, the opportunity is there, um, and um, and and that you are able to connect with schools. I think a lot of times. Um, some school counselors might see it just as a resource base and not really realize that that they can actually work with you um, and and you could actually come and support their individual schools themselves um, with implementation so I think that you know you know really it's just helping to educate and promote the programs um, and, and working with school counselors and schools on, on impl- implementation plans. Mm-hmm.
0: And what, this is not, you know, I did not pose this question to you in advance, so I apologize, but what do you think for school counseling, particularly as we look at maybe the end of this school year, possibly next school year, um, are really the big challenges that we have to be mindful that teens are going to be facing when they're coming back into a school building?
1: Mm, It's going to be so much, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, as we go back into the school building, You know we have to be mindful that you know we've all experienced some level of trauma and how that manifests um with students can look different you know and and so i think it's incredibly important that we're all mindful of that um and because of you know the pandemic and so much social uh social isolation and so much loss that there's going to be higher levels of depression um, amongst our students and I think you know even our younger students and I think you know I I work primarily with elementary and middle school students. Um, and understanding that even our even our youngest kids can can experience depression and how are we, um, you know, making sure that we have intentional spaces prepared for students that's one thing that I have been talking to my schools about you know we we already know what some of our kids are going to be returning to school with um so how are we thinking proactively about um the the services that we have ready to provide for our students so like i said we we already know so many students have experienced loss so what kind of groups or support do we have available that we know is going to be ready for students as they enter the building and I think that's very true true for depression services as well. So we know that this is going to be a need. This was a need even before the pandemic. So how are we going to be intentional about making sure that we have services ready for our students and a system um, in place to identify who those students are that need supports?
0: Yeah, I think particularly in a district like Chicago public schools that has so much diversity and has had such a, um, I mean, you know, without using the word too much, but even the response, the parent response, the student response to the pandemic has been so diverse. Um, and, you know, minority population's view of going back to school has been so different than white population's views in going back to school. Um, so I think it'll be a particularly different, difficult challenge as we do look at more of these diverse school systems. Um, and realize that as you've indicated, you know, one size will not fit all, um, whether that be with a student or within a school building. Um, so it'll definitely be a challenge. But I think, you know, people like you, organizations like us, and I know many other community partners that are in this are definitely here to kind of ease this transition and be available and and as much help as we can to students when they come back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so. I agree. Um, and also, even um, considering. Um, you know, the potential for remote learning and technology to continue to be used in schools. And I think that that's one thing as a result of the pandemic um, is that I don't think that's gonna go away. I think that people have learned how to do things in new ways. Um, So even as students return into buildings um, across the country in person, um, I think we're still gonna have, um, you know, schools really using uh, technology spaces to support students. I think that's something, you know, also to be thought about is how are we also using those spaces to um, to even have a broader impact um, on students and
0: families. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, ho- I hope certainly within the Chicago public school system in Chicago, which of course Erica's Lighthouse is a local organization to the yeah. Chicago area, but just have to say as a disclaimer, we the services that we've provided you in Chicago public schools and the state of Illinois are available nationwide. Um, so no special treatment or anything here. So any school system around the country can get the same attention and services that we've offered. Um, but certainly I hope that even so many of the advancements in tech um, and access to technology that's been... Um, delivered during the coronavirus pandemic, I hope we were able to maintain, whether that's from third-party partnerships or whether that's through the school system in some way, I think it's been really helpful in you know providing that equity for students when it comes to kind of at-home learning in particular from the tech piece. Um, and I think agencies like us can do a better job of figuring out how to leverage some of that um, with those students at home too, so. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat. Um, I know that we will continue our partnership and kind of see where we can take it and being sure students, particularly within the state of Illinois and Chicago Public Schools, feel supported. But thank you again.
1: And Thank you again for having me, Brandon. Have a great one. You too.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information about Erica's Lighthouse, please visit ericaslighthouse.org. If you have any ideas, suggestions for future topics, or are looking for more information about our programs, please contact me at brandonericaslighthouse.org. At have a great day.